Blog Talk Radio. So you don't have to be with me as always is my co-host, the incredible one, the amazing Star Bustamante. Star, say hello to everybody. Hello to everybody. See how well she does that. The 415 is brought to you by Desperate House Witches and the Wild Hunt. Please check out wildhunt.org. Give it all of your support. It is the pagan paper of record, and we need to keep it rolling. So please, for less than the cost of a cup of coffee every day, you can be supporting real journalism by real journalists. Thank you. That's the wild hunt. Um, also wanted to remind everybody that the opinions expressed on this show are mine and my co-host and not reflective of any one or any other entity. There will be cursing. This, this show There may be crying. There are going to be subjects of a triggering nature. We will be talking about murder. We will be talking about uh, injustice. We will be talking about the thing, as I'm sure you know and have come to expect from this program. And did I mention that there will be cursing and crying? Yes, there will be. I will try not to cry, but I promise you I will curse. All right. Wow. Okay, so it's Black History Month. That started off interesting, didn't it, Star? Well, it sure did. Um, So the first day of Black History Month um, was the funeral of Tyree Nichols, who was beaten to death by police officers in Memphis. Um. And, I mean, like, there are so many levels of irony to this, I don't even know where to start. Um, So, besides the fact that it's the first day of Black History Month, yesterday was also um, the anniversary of the uh, sit-in at the Woolworths uh, lunch counter in 1960, right? Um, Yeah. And uh, so... And yet, here we are, we're burying another black person who was senselessly and needlessly murdered. I believe the total on the number of officers who have been either fired or are facing potential charges was up to seven. Also, the paramedics who stood by and did absolutely nothing for a number of minutes, um, are also now under investigation. Um, I think one of the one of the things. Um, I mean, the whole thing is just horrific. And when I first saw the photos of of uh, Nichols in the hospital, like, uh, and then of course he died, and the only thing I could think of was um, the. Um, uh, Mamie Tills and, and the murder of her son, um, because he also was bludgeoned beyond recognition, and she opted to do an open casket funeral. Um, mm-hmm. which, and I don't blame um, her for this. Yeah. Oh no! You know it was what? brilliant. It was a br- brilliant they on need... her part. Absolutely, and in another fucking racist moment as I tend to experience here in the South, um, you know, the first thing I hear is, well, you know, the cops the cops have all been, you know, rallied up. I'm like, yeah, the black cops. Now talk to me about if they were white cops. Are we going to see swift action? Does this actually mean something? You know, it, it disgusts me and upsets me that, you know, the right, certain members of the right, obviously not 
every single member of the right, but enough. You know, hold this up as, oh, well, you know, the cops are going to get what they deserve. Really? Really. Would you have said that if they were white cops? This is ridiculous. I do not understand why people do not understand. I have the luxury of having white children. There is, I am privileged, I am white, I am privileged white by my very existence. I get that. When I hear a child cry for his mother, whether the child is 40 or 4, if you are a human being with a heart, I thought I was dying. I, I, I wanted to rip my heart out of my chest hearing him cry. How do you not have compassion? How do you not identify and thank the gods for your good luck that your children are not going through this, that your children don't have to experience this? It's the most unbelievable. Listen, I already am a nervous fucking person and worry every time one of my guys walks out of the house because the world's just dangerous and crazy and shit's random. I mean, a car accident, a heart attack, uh, being at the wrong place at the wrong time. I could not imagine the terror I would have as the mother of a non-white child. I, I don't know how I would be able to function in this world without having constant panic attacks. I, how do you not have compassion for people who are being senselessly killed senselessly targeted over literally nothing but a melanin issue. It's not an issue. It's just a difference. And it's not something anybody can control. How do you do this to other people? How do you do this to anybody? And have it be, I'm sorry, this, this, you know, every time this happens and I see the video, I, I, Turn into a ball of tears because I don't know how to make people stop doing this to people. People are people. We all bleed the same fucking way. How do we make this stop? Do we get better cops? Do we get better trained cops? I mean, has the training changed that much and gone down that much that people just are animals when they have a gun? Is that what happens to people? What happens to people? Cops were supposed to be protectors and and stand up for the good things in the world. Is it just any shithead who had a a problem in fucking gym now straps on a gun and decides he's going to take on everybody who is better than him? I mean, where is the logic? How do we get this to stop? And, you know, I keep hearing, well, the gun laws have to change. It's not just the gun laws. People have to change. Everything has to change. Gun laws aren't going to change people. I just don't see how that's going to work. I have no good answer aside from continuous heartbreak. Well, I have some. I don't don't know if I have answers, but I do have uh, some some things that, that are probably relevant. Um, first of all, I think that there's a large segment of the population, primarily white people, that will look at, you know, these five black cops beating up another black man, viciously so. Um, I will admit that I have not watched all of the video because it is just absolutely horrific. Um, it is. But I, ha- but I have seen transcripts of, of the video, um, which was bad enough. Um, and plus there's a part of me that I just can't stand to watch another black man be beat to death. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's, it, it's horrifying. But so first let's talk about like the what systemic the fact that this is an example of systemic racism um you know 
because it's a system that promotes, you know, that even when you can take somebody that is already a person of color and then make them see other people of color as dangerous and problematic, that it promotes this kind of behavior, that's what systemic racism is. You know, so it doesn't really matter what color the person is who's committing the act if they're targeting someone that is a person of color, right? The other thing that I think you have to remember is that, you know, how our whole system of law enforcement, where, where did it evolve from, you know? And where it evolved from was basically to catch runaway slaves because they were treated as property and, um, you know, and to retrieve them or punish them or kill them, you know, which they did with impunity because, you know, they weren't considered people. They were considered property, Uh, you know. So that's the crux of, you know, that is the, the root of it. When it comes to training, okay, increasingly what we are seeing with our law enforcement is, you know, they're becoming more and more militarized. They are going, they are, many of the big city um, departments where these people are getting their training is in Israel, okay? Um, You know, and when, part of the problem is that when you have, if the, point of law enforcement is to serve and protect, right? That's their slogan, serve and protect. Um, but, but you're being trained as a soldier rather than, you know, a, a peacekeeper. I mean, there have been a lot of calls that, that, you know, we just need to do away with the police. I mean, I don't know that that is necessarily the answer, um, but I do know that the way the laws are being rewritten and the shift in how all of this is, is going, you know, I mean, increasingly there is a focus on uh, trying to prevent protests to silence people, um, all of that. And, you know, the, pol- the police are in the position of having to enforce these laws. But I think also the entire way that law enforcement is structured promotes this type of violence, Um, especially when you consider that, that, you know, up until recently, you almost never heard of a cop even being charged. It didn't matter how many people they killed. True. Um, So, I mean, so I I think that there is so much more in all of this I mean, like we've barely even scratched the surface, Um, but it's going to require everybody's participation if anything is going to change. You know, I mean, I think for starters, there needs to be a civilian oversight board when it comes to policing. Um, And with power, though. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. For me, it's not just about racism. For me, when I look at it, it appears to me that it's obviously racism, but it's also power tripping in addition to racism. So there's even a a bigger dick syndrome happening here, if I can use that term, Um, which I find frightening. If you have a citizen's oversight, I don't believe in eliminating the police. I believe in restructure. I believe in redefine. I believe in new methodologies. I think there should be a rotating citizens board that you have to serve on, like jury duty, um, where you would have, you know, a nice swath of your peers as opposed to no one that looks like you (laughs) on the jury. Uh, you know, an actual, you know, an actual subsection of people representative of your community to actually sit and have some kind of a punitive power. And I think that 
for too long, cops, just cops, have had a, situ- a situation where they have been encouraged to keep this, this power structure. And I think the power structure is dangerous for everybody, but mostly for black men who are unarmed and not doing anything. I, it always brings me back to that. Hi, just because you look like this, we're going to fuck you up. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's just, no. <laughs> hi. You're right. You're this tough. I'm going to fuck you up. This this is like the most inhumane, animalistic, base nature bullshit. And until we change the structure, I mean, first of all, you can't change, but you can't change what people think internally. You can try to control behaviors. And for me, if there's got to be some kind of something that indicates somehow that people have a tendency or propensity to act a certain kind of way. And, I mean, I'm no expert. I am not an expert in the medical field or the behavioral sciences. I'm just spitballing here because this shit is just way too fucked up for me to get my head around, even though I have witnessed it most of my life, but more so now. I mean, now everybody who hates anybody is out on the table. Racist, anti-Semites, anti-Asian people, anti-you name it, it's out there. And there are fucking morons celebrating these fucking incel, QAnon, brain damaged, I'm sorry, it's my opinion, and I get to fucking say it. These, you know, infantile, repressive, maybe if you weren't such a dick, someone would want to fuck you type. You know what I'm saying? There's got to be a way to screen for certain behavioral things I would have hoped at this point. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe no matter what, there's going to be a pack of fuck nuts out there with guns and batons ready to fuck some shit up. And that's horrifying because eventually we're all on the menu. You're either, you know what I'm, what's that old line? You're either the butcher or yeah. you're on the menu. I, I'm misquoting that, but you guys know what I mean. Um, so we have to care about all of it. We just do. We have to care about all of it. We all have to care about each other. We all have to care about these things that are, are being done to everybody, because anything you do to one person, you're doing to all of us. I don't know. Well, Is that no, you're, I think you're right. I, I mean, I think you're right in, in that sense, but I also think that, you know, one of the things that we really started seeing happen um, more is we started seeing this pipeline of military coming back, you know, their tours had ended, and there was a pipeline directly into uh, law enforcement, which, you know, I mean, you want people that already have training in in firearms and, you know, and and all of that, but there was no decompression time. Um, And this this started happening with the first first Gulf War, really. Um, Wow. And that was also when um, under, uh, really under Bush, I think, was was when you really saw an uptick in these departments becoming more militarized um, because they were, you know, the government would sell off these massive lots of, um, you know, military equipment. And they were going to um, going to law enforcement, to these drug enforcement units, to SWAT units, uh, you know, all all of that. Um, and so, I mean, it, it's a multi-pronged problem. But the other thing that, that right now we're seeing is, um, you know, is major shortages within, uh, within departments. And, um, I mean, there's simply there aren't enough people that even want to be cops, um, go figure, um, that that are eligible. So I mean, so that's kind of a problem as well. You know, if you 
you know, if you have to have people, then, you know, you hire what's, what's available. But, I mean, it's the culture of law enforcement, I think, that is more of a problem than anything else. Um, yeah. You know, I, I mean, but I think, and I think for a lot of people, especially for, in particular, for white people, there is um, a real lack of understanding. Um, you can't explain um, what racism is or looks like in a way that they can really grasp it uh, if they've not ever experienced anything like that. And it's pretty, it's pretty interesting to watch people um, like watch a show for the first time that really like gets into and outlines uh, what you know, like just the practices in this country. And now you and I are of an age that you know we live through um, the process of desegregation. Um, you know, uh, we you know I have a mixed race brother. We know what racism looks like and and how it manifests and and is expressed, but I think you have to remember that there are you know generations behind us that um you know that didn't have that experience and um and that in a lot of ways you know if you grew up in a bubble, then you don't have any idea what what that looks like um or if you're surrounded by people who are racist and that's what's normal then you don't really understand what the problem is and and so i think this is the thing that you know this is part of the problem and um you know so there's been a bunch of things that have just happened recently um you know it's no secret that uh there's kind of been this war on lgbtq stuff that has been ramping up over over the last you know couple of years really i think I think we really started to see it ramp up uh during uh the the former guy's uh campaign and and throughout his sure. his term but so and now we've got the next round of of wannabe um you know authoritarians <laughs> you know waiting in the wings uh and uh probably are going to run for election uh this this next cycle um yeah. one of the most recent things that happened is like so what's happening in Florida really everyone should be paying attention to um you know they have uh, the governor DeSantis yeah who makes me nauseated uh, just to even say his name um, has really, um, he's outdone himself this time. Yeah, he has. So um, he has really just outdone himself. Um, so uh, the first thing that he did, you know, well, they passed the um, basically an anti-trans uh, law and kind of tacked some things onto it. You know, they've been, um, they went after libraries, any books that uh, that they feel are inappropriate um, that allow kids to, you know, read about any kind of, uh, you know, LGBTQ, you know, any of that kind of stuff. They've basically made it a, a third-degree felony for uh, teachers and librarians if they allow these books to be um, to be where kids can access them, right? Um, and even though they're saying otherwise, that is pretty much exactly what what is is going on. Um, one really good source of of information um, is Judd. Legum, and he has um, popular information. So he, it's a um, he's a journalist, and his site is is really great. I mean, he has been on top of it. He has been interviewing people. Uh, I think maybe we talked last time about the one guy who keeps like who's filed like over 
400 different challenges to books, um, you know, and th- this new law, uh, the way it's written is intentionally vague, but basically teachers and librarians have to, you know, because they're afraid of being prosecuted. I mean, they could lose their jobs, they could lose their career, uh, never mind their, you know, their freedom and their liberty. Um, you know, so they're they're just voluntarily pulling books because they don't want to get in trouble. Um, it's it's really it's really horrifying. And then, and then just yesterday. So the College Board, which is a nonprofit organization, and it sets the standards for um, um, both uh, AP classes, which that's advanced placement. Um, yeah. You know, it offers the its guidance and framework on um, you know what AP classes should you know. Uh, should be taught and how they, you know, what they should cover, all of that. They also um, are responsible for administering the SATs. Now, so I want you to, I want to remind you that yesterday was the first day of Black History Month, which is supposed to be all about celebrating, you know, the contributions and uh, achievements of black Americans. Correct. So what they did was they um, they have watered down the, like, AP African American Studies courses uh, in a way that, <coughs> excuse me, uh, is really just, kind of guts it really um they they've made it to where um you know so like one of the things florida said was you know they don't want they're, they're gonna make it a well critical race theory of course um which like is not even taught until you get into college for the most part um but they you know, just to give you an example, so a class on um, uh, black women that was, uh, you know, or a section that was initially titled The Black Feminist Movement, Womanism, and Intersectionality has been revised to be Black Women's Voices in Society and Leadership. And basically, they're just kind of sanitizing everything and removing anything that Republicans might object to. And this is going to... Right, exactly. Well, and not only that, but because of, uh, you know, the the law that, um, you know, where DeSantis is going... um, and how he's banned, you know, because they want to ban, they wanted to ban all African American AP studies as, as they were as they were currently structured, and as a result of that, like nearly 600 African American studies faculty from colleges and universities all over the country, um, you know, signed a letter um, protesting this and, and, you know, basically saying that, you know, this is wrong. Um, It's exasperating is what it is. And the way they are attacking higher education means that we're not going to end up with any kind of higher education. Right. You know, the Santos forgets that his family is originally from Italy and there were times in our history in America where there were signs that said Italians need not apply. You know? Dude, just yeah. because you're living here now and your skin's a little bit lighter doesn't make you any less a target by somebody. 
I, you know, I, that to me is the worst kind of person. The person who actually has tales of racism in their family and cannot see everything you said earlier about, you know, systemic issues in the police department and how all of these things are passed down and how, you know, if you've never experienced racism, some people don't understand it. And I agree with you on all of those points. However, there's another point that I think outweighs them all, and that is the point of you're a fucking human being, period. Can you not put yourself, not you because I know you do, but I'm saying in general, can't you put yourself in someone else's position five fucking minutes Mm-mm. and follow it Mm-mm. to its logical conclusion on what a life Mm-mm. might be like if you didn't have the fucking privilege that you got merely by being born the way you were born? That's all no. it takes. All it takes is being a person who can look at another person and hear what they're going through, and try to relate how you would deal in your own life. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. That's all you have to do. Imagine that this is your life. How would you feel? How would you feel? How, what would you tell your children to do? What would you tell your husband to do? What would you tell your father to do? I mean, just be a human being that can put yourself in another person's shoes. That's all you have to do to understand that maybe your life is very privileged and stop being fucking offended every time somebody says you're privileged because you're white. That is what it means. It means you didn't have to live this shit. Because, do I have? I guess I have to explain it. You didn't have to live through this bullshit because you were born looking a certain way whether it's perky tits or white skin, whatever the fuck you want to say, okay? Have I dealt with bullying? Sure I have. I was a pudgy little kid that nobody wanted to be friends with up until the time I was about nine Mm -hmm. and got picked on and beat up all the time. You've never been beat up. You've never been picked on. You don't know what it's like to not have the world be in fucking love with your ass. That's all it takes. Relate it to a period of time where... You got beaten up for no reason or picked on for no reason or your parents were abusive. Imagine living a life where you're not safe anywhere. You're not safe in your home. You're not safe outside of your home. You know, is it extreme? Yeah, it is. Guess what? People deal with it every fucking day. I work with folks who tell me stories about being at a traffic light and a cop car pulls up next to them and they're just waiting. They're just waiting. Some shit can go down. And a lot of the time, they get pulled over for nothing. DWB, baby, driving while black. I have heard this over and over and over again. You know, you want to call me a social justice or I don't give a fuck what you want to call me. Just be a fucking human being and listen to what goes on in someone else's life. You know, when somebody has a certain issue in their life, like if, if a loved one, God, God forbid, gets cancer, you wouldn't be like, well, that's your problem and walk away. Normal people have empathy. Normal people at least try to be sympathetic. Normal people can say, Somewhere in their head, oh, I had a loved one who had this. I understand what you're going through and can relate to the feelings. Are we that fucked up as human beings that no one wants to feel or associate or maybe try to identify? Yeah, guess what? It's fucking painful. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine what you would have to feel as a white person if you had to send your son out into the world and not know if he was going to make it home. I don't know what else to say. Is there systemic shit? Yeah. But where's the fucking humanity? Just be a fucking human. It shouldn't um, be that I difficult to be a human. 
Well, I mean, apparently it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, apparently it is, or we wouldn't be where we are. But I also think that you know, it's a combination of all of these things, and um, I mean, it's horrifying. It is absolutely horrifying, all of it. And the only thing that I know to do is to educate yourself, um, which, lucky for you if you tuned in today, because I have a whole list of things for people. Yeah. I have a whole list of things. So, well, first and foremost, Everybody should fucking vote. I don't care whether it's for dog catcher or for president. You know, absolutely. We we we, we beat that drum every 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 show. We beat that drum, and so let me just tap it. Let me just tap the the symbol here a minute. And tap say, that yeah, drum. If if you haven't fucking registered to vote, you need to fucking do that. Um, so one of the things that we've seen since um since George Floyd was murdered which, um, you know, we're coming up on three years of that. And we're still talking about black men being beaten to death for no reason. Um, it just, it's, it's, it's insane. It's infuriating. It's mind-boggling. And it seems to be endless. Because in addition to that, you know, how many shootings have we had already um, in 2020, mass shootings in 2023, a buttload. I can't keep up anymore. It used to be, I know. you know, there used to be a mass shooting and and the whole fucking world would stop. And I knew that this was going to fucking happen where we were going to get so used to crazy ass shit that every time it would happen again, we'd be like, oh yeah, another one. And I'm telling you, I hate it. I fucking hate the fact that this is where we're at when tragedy strikes. Oh, another black man's dead. Oh, okay. What day is it? What week is it? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, this is how often this craziness happens. Guess what? Frequency does not make it okay or normal. This is not something we should get used to. This is not something we should accept in our reality as being any kind of okay. Ever, ever. If it happens every day, every day is as fucked up as the day before. I don't know how to get people to understand. Frequency does not equal what should be normal. I agree. I agree. But you know, but it is where we it is where we currently are. I mean, there are so many shootings that I can't even keep track. You know, it's every day there is some kind of, you know, mass shooting happening, it seems. Um, but I will tell you that there has, you know, we've, there's been a definite shift in programming um, with some of the big um, stations. Uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, who wrote the 1916 Project, um, which is focused on, um, you know how the slave ta- how the slave trade started, where it started, and the you know how that impacted things. Well, now Hulu has uh, you know she produced a a multi part series that is streaming right now on Hulu. I think a new episode drops every Thursday. I think we're up to about week. I don't know. I think the fourth week. Um, as everything that she has done, uh, it seems to be very well researched, and it really looks at you know the legacy that we're currently living in of 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 racism, and how that impacts you know not just black people but everybody, and I, I think that that is maybe a bigger part of of this that that a lot of people miss is that. Racism doesn't just impact black people in the damage that it does. It impacts everyone. It, you know, 
it, it affects how we see the world. It affects how we interact with each other. It prevents, you know, people that maybe, you know, could have the next fucking cure for whatever disease from being able to fully, you know, get the education that they need and, and become who they could be. And I, I think that, that that is probably one of the the worst things uh, about about racism. Because when we all lose, basically, we all lose when you're talking about the kind of racism that is that is so uh, rampant in this country and at the moment so incredibly visible. Uh, ABC had a had a really Good little hour segment on last night. Uh, they started a, a series back in 2020, I think, um, called Soul of a Nation. Yeah. And they have continued to, to you know, to add new, new content uh, under that caption. Last night they aired a one-hour segment on Black in Vegas. And um, not having lived really in Vegas... Um, and I don't know that if, if I knew this before, I had forgotten it, but basically Las Vegas, until desegregation happened, was called the Mississippi of the West. And that was because, you know, black performers who would be brought in to play these, you know, these casinos and hotels, Excuse me. Um, first of all, they couldn't stay in the in the hotel at all. Uh, they were, you know, they had to be on the other side of the tracks, on the west side of, of Vegas in the black district. Um, they couldn't come in through the front door. They could only come in through the back door. Um, and it was really, you know, Frank Sinatra, because he was friends with Sammy Davis Jr., and they both played Vegas a lot, uh, you know, that Sinatra finally at one point said, you know, if my friend can't come in the front door and stay in this hotel the same way that I do, uh, I'm not going to play Vegas anymore, which I do kind of remember re- remember that, but um, it's, it, was, it was startling to hear the stories of... Mm. Black performers, um, and just the the level of oppression. So, a bunch of guys, white guys actually, who were businessmen, um, realized that you know the black community had money, and they would be just as likely to spend it in a casino if they could fucking go into one. So they started, um, they start, they built a hotel and casino in the black district called the Moulin Rouge. And it was, you know, based on the famed, you know, Moulin Rouge in, in, in France. Um, mm-hmm. That lasted about like, a, I think, a little more than a year before, you know, the other casinos got together and found a way to shut them down uh, because they weren't having it. Uh you know, but even you think about, you know, so, I mean, it's like one thing to think about the entertainers that these casinos are making big money off of and they can't even stay in the fucking hotel, right? Um, you know, and, I mean, you know, and they told the story of, uh, I forget which performer it was, where just to... The connection is breaking up a little bit. Can you shift the position or something? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. Well, while that, while while Star is looking into that, I may take this moment to do my commercial for WildHunt.org. Everybody, please support WildHunt.org. Give it all your support just to take a paper of record. And real journalists doing actual stories out in the field are the writers for the Wild Hunt. So please give the Wild Hunt your support. Please check out WildHunt.org. How are we looking, Star? Yeah, that was fine. You were breaking up a lot there too. I think it was. Um, I think it was. 
I'm blaming the comet. It's the fucking comet, okay? You know, this new comet okay. th- th- that uh, was just visible la- last night. Um, anyway, so where I was going with that, um, one of the things they, they, they covered in this, in this series was, uh, or in the show last night, was you know the famous I forget I forget which one it was but uh, performer who um, was pissed off because she couldn't you know she couldn't be served in the restaurants uh, uh, you know they let her stay in the hotel and just to be pissy she went out to the pool and put her toe in the in the water and then they had to drain the whole fucking pool. That was either Dorothy Dandridge or Josephine Baker. I, I think, think it was, was Josephine Baker. It was one of the two. I was going to say I thought it was Dorothy Dandridge, um, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. These were these were both beautiful black actresses from another era, and you know, this just leave people alone. I, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Continue. Well, PBS. You well, want to talk about the PBS collection too? I, I will. Um, but the other thing okay. that, that this show last night did that, that I thought, you know, because it's like on one hand, you know, performers, you know, and of course now every black performer, um, you know, plays Vegas at some point. Um, but the other thing that was that I thought was so interesting were, um, you know, the number of, of uh, just your average black people that, you know, who wanted to be blackjack dealers or wanted to work in the casino industry, uh, and, and they talked to, to a number of them, you know, they couldn't get a job either. You know, they weren't allowed to, you know. So it wasn't until really until the civil rights movement and desegregation, you know. I mean, and you never know what kind of contribution somebody can make if you're if you're not giving them an opportunity, right? And um, But it was... You know, you can stream that show. It's on Hulu, uh, on ABC's uh, segment of Hulu, um, which are all of the programming that they, they've done some really great um, uh, programming on Soul of a Nation. Uh, it's well produced. They pick the right people. You know, they bring in historians, black historians. They bring in, you know, people that to, to, to tell the story in their, in their own words. And uh, so it's really well done. And then... PBS has a huge collection of, um, you know, the the black experience in America. Um, if if you um, if you just go to pbs.org/collections/race-in-America, I mean, there are literally dozens of uh, of episodes and, and programming. Uh, everything from uh, you know the Black Panthers. To um, they have one. Uh, uh, it's called Unforgivable Blackness, and uh, it's all about the rise and fall of Jack Johnson. Um, but they have some amazing segments that are uh, largely free to watch. And if you're a PBS member and you have Passport, there's there's even more. Um, they have a, a you know excellent some ex- excellent episodes on uh, you know like like Emmett Till and um, from Frontline they have an episode on on policing the police that was done in 2020. I mean these are your best resources for uh, for media you know that's watchable if you don't if you want to read. Just go to the library and ask your librarian, and they will be happy to point you to all manner. I mean, there there have been tons of books written by black historians and others that really outline uh, the impact of, of race in America. Um, and I want to go back. One of the things that you that you said earlier when you were talking about DeSantis was, you know, the fact that his family's from Italy. And how Italians were treated when they first came came to this country. Well, a while back, Michael Harriet, who uh, currently writes for uh, the Grio, but he wrote an article on how to become white, and he talks about that very thing. Which, for those of you who aren't familiar with Michael Harriet, he's 
he's both hilarious and a genius, and he writes some of the most poignant and sarcastic. How you can do that at the same time, I don't know. But he's, you know, he he weaves history, facts, sarcasm, and just all of it together in a way that is uh, that is absolutely fantastic. He he classifies himself as a white peopleologist, um, which is hilarious. Um, But he wrote this really great article and then also posted it as a thread on Twitter of how to become white. And he goes through all of these things, just like what you're talking about, like how, you know, how Italians were, you know, considered to be, you know, people of color and that, you know, but eventually over time, they managed to, you know, no longer be on the bottom of the pile. And, you know, the same thing happened with the Irish. And he goes through the whole thing. Um, Because white is not necessarily, racism doesn't really have anything to do with the color of your skin. It has, it is, you know, it's, it's as made up as, as gender is in, in most cases. I just feel, you know, why does there have to be a pile? That's the problem. Everything is, everyone is piled on top of everybody, trying not to be on the bottom. When there shouldn't even be a pile, it should just be a flat surface where we're all kind of hanging out and saying, "Oh, what do you got? One share? Whatever it is." It shouldn't even be a pile. That's the problem. We were sold this bill of bullshit goods about the American dream. Right. And here's the thing. The American dream, you work hard and you achieve. But somewhere along the line, they stuck in the part where you have to beat everyone else into submission or they may get your part of the dream. And that's the fucking lie. So, I mean... I've seen the workforce currently and some of the demands that are made now and gotten away with are not shit that was allowed in my day. But fair play to younger folks for getting stuff that they want. But quite frankly, it shouldn't be about having to be... We're such a mixed bag in this country of overly sensitive and insensitive and anti-everything to a point where we come around the other side and we now hate each other and ourselves. There's a lot of self-hatred I see amongst young folks because there is a point where it's all a circular firing squad. I mean, there's got to be a point where we stop firing at anybody, at anybody at other people, at yourself, and just we need to go back to recognizing humanity. And I can't blame it all on social media because people are inherently what they are. And if that means we are inherently racist or inherently have mob mentality, then there are things that need to be addressed in nursery school that no one is talking about. We're just not talking about it. Our our parents didn't get that training. We didn't get that training. But the training needs to fucking start. The training needs to start somewhere where people are just people, but people have to deal in reality. You cannot rewrite history. What happened is fact. Anything else is made-up bullshit. The people that want to take away, I don't care what you want to call it, critical race. Listen, black people are part of history. White people are part of history. Indigenous peoples are part of history. Everybody's part of fucking history. So stop trying to wipe people out. This is bullshit. Again, if something happens, truly happens, no matter what the thing is that happens. That is a fact. This thing happens. You cannot unwrite it. 
You cannot erase it. What is is well, and what isn't isn't, and that's it. But that's been happening all through history, you know. Um, I mean, you know, the whoever won rewrote the history. Um, I, the problem with that is that it, does, it doesn't quite work so well anymore. Um, it, and I don't think that it's going to work this time. Uh, but part of the problem, as you're outlining there, is that, you know, all of this is hierarchical, right? Um, you only have a pile with a top when you have a hierarchy, you know, which is one of the reasons why paganism is great um, <laughs> because we all have the same access to the center, um, which is not to yeah. say that paganism does not have its faults because Lord knows it does. Um, Holy shit, does it ever. But that is part of the, you know, part of the problem is that it's a hierarchy, and when you have a hierarchy, you're going to have people who will do anything to get to the top, and they don't care who they hurt, they don't care who they have to walk on, they don't care. They just want, they want their, you know, they want to be on top, and I think that it's going to take a massive shift before people get that through their thick their thick skulls. Um you know, how long that will take, I don't know. That's huh. a question for that's a question for Joe Graham the next time you have her on. <laughs> yeah. She might have an answer. She's smarter than me. She she got lots of answers. She does have lots you know, she has and as long as we're going to talk about Joe Graham for a minute, I highly recommend Joe Graham's Winter and the follow-up book to it um, that I not remember. The, the, first, the first one was The Great Wheel, and the second one was Winter, The Great Wheel. Thank you. So go get those books because Joe very interestingly outlines the, the pattern of how things have come to be the way they are right now. Very interesting. And it's very predictive. Um, so I, I encourage folks who are of a mind to uh, be interested in history and certain patterns that happen throughout history to get the Great Wheel and the Great Wheel Winter. Those were, and on Desperate House Witches, there are, there's more than one episode about it. Um, Joe Graham is fascinating, a fascinating read and a fascinating person to speak with. Um, we yeah. Her books are great. Fantastic. I've recommended yeah. them to everyone. <laughs> yeah, just, she's just really amazing. Um, but, yeah, you know, as as far as, as what we can do individually, um, you know, Star laid out a whole bunch of interesting programming, that is worth watching. And again, I just suggest put yourself in someone else's position and try to see life through their eyes. And it'll be frightening. I promise you, it will be frightening. Um, But imagine that that's your life every day. You know, the gratitude that you should show, maybe you haven't shown enough of. I, I try to be grateful every day. I fuck up a lot. But I'm trying. That's all I can tell you. And, you know, as Star and I always tell you guys, vote, be involved, do everything you can to cause change. Where you see something bad, call that bullshit out. And uh, maybe if we all try really hard and work together, we can stop some of this fucking ridiculous bullshit from happening where they're trying to rewrite everything and, throw, you know, all right, let's pretend that history didn't happen, which is insane. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, what can I tell you? That's just my But thank you, guys. Uh, Star and I will be back next month. As always, if you have any questions, drop us a line. Uh, you can certainly send it to me. 
uh, on my Facebook page, or you can hit us at Desperate House Switches page. We're working on the 415 page. Aren't we, stuck? Uh Yeah, sure. Yeah. There we are. We're doing that. Yeah, yeah. We're doing that thing. <laughs> we'll let you know when that's, when that's ready. It's going to be a minute or several. Um, but for this month, I'm Raina Star. Say goodnight. Say goodnight, Star. Goodnight, Star. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next month. Try to take care of each other. <laughs>